Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! California. And welcome to another edition of In My Father's House. Today we're going to continue discussing about the kingdom of God. And I just want to go before the Lord before we start. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for those who are listening to the broadcast. Father, you know what they are in need of. Father, I ask that you supply their need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord and my Redeemer. Holy Spirit, have your way through this whole show. Illuminate scripture to the listener and to myself, the partaker of first the teaching, because you are the ultimate teacher. And, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. It's because you have called me to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we praise you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone. This is another edition. Let's see. The kingdom of heaven is near. You know, when Jesus preached that, He wanted to let them know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist was saying, repent, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven has come to you. Jesus, the king of kings and lords of lords, Jesus, who came from heaven, wrapped in a body to show us how it is possible to live on this earth, being at the will of our Heavenly Father. You know, when you're trained to be a king, there first has to be a proclamation. And it was really interesting in the scripture when Jesus was being baptized by John, when Father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He was making a declaration, a proclamation. He was letting everyone know who he is. 
you can imagine the people wondering what's this voice saying, where, where is this coming, and probably fearful. Also in training of a king is preparation. In the natural, a king has to be schooled, and they give them tutors and people to train them on um, court etiquette uh, as far as how to present themselves to their king, to their father, and also being trained to eventually rule himself or herself, um, depending on the kingdom. But in this case, Jesus was prepared. He was prepared in the Jewish tradition as far as young men being um, tutored and really going to school, they call yeshivas. Um, now they call those schools for boys, but back then the boys went to school. They were under a rabbi, and one of the preparations for being a um, under a rabbi is you had to literally be in step with him in every way, meaning whatever he thought and said, you had to remember, and it, when he walked a certain way, you would walk a certain way. If he turned to the right, you all would turn to the right and to the left. And I remember hearing that, and I thought about what it must have been like to walk with Jesus when they, when he was the rabbi, when he was the teacher, and his disciples were walking with him, knowing that you have to walk what, what we call so circumspectly, meaning right there, doing exactly the way he would do it, and just listening to the words and wondering and digesting everything that's coming from his mouth. It reminded me of a scene when I was in Israel a few years ago, and we had met at the, West, at the wall. Um, matter of fact, we had two men that came up to us, a group of women, and we were women ministers, and we were there, and he said, come back tomorrow, there will be a um, rabbi that will talk to you, and then you can walk with him to his house. And what happened is we went there the next day, and here again, the rabbi was right there, and he talked to the people and everybody who wanted to go with him. We followed him as he walked down the hill to his home. And what was so interesting about that is this is how it went. Now, I don't know if this was planned, but it just worked. And it made me realize what it must have been like in the time of Jesus. Here he is walking, and you have the young um, young guys right around him, like to the right and to the left, and right around in his back. And he, he's, as he's walking, he's talking, he's turning his head side to side, talking to the young men. And then after him were the older men, and they were talking to each other and maybe to a few of the young men in front. And then behind the older men were the women. And as, they were, as we were walking down the hill, I just thought, this, is must, this must be how it was back then. So in preparation, as a teacher and as a king, he had people around him, his own court, as you would say, because in, in kingdoms today, and even in the 17th and 16th, 14th century, they would have um, a court. And these would be lords and ladies who would wait and not only um, be their companionship, but they would also be there to do the king's bidding. So preparation is very important for a king. Declaration, you know, declaration, talking about repenting for the kingdom of 
heaven is near. It's almost like when you're seeing when um, a king in the movies, when they were going through villages, they would say, King um, Joshua's coming, King Joshua's coming. So it was like he was making a declaration. So John the Baptist made that declaration for Jesus, repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So it's showing here's an earthly king coming. Now, they thought he was going to come and be a military-type king, but he was a king who was also a lamb who came in among the wolves, who came in among the religious, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees. But Jesus came as a sacrificial lamb. He knew that his kingdom was not of this world, but he was bringing kingdom principles so that we all can learn from. Now, as I had said before, a king never says, you know, would you like to? Sometimes, I mean, Jesus does. And I know sometimes he'll say, um, like, would you give this up when he was talking to me one time? And that's because he's a good king and, and he's a good um, Lord, meaning that when he gives you something, he's not going to snatch it back, but he's going to ask you, can you give it back? And usually when he asks you to do that, it's because there's something greater. But a king declares, he'll say, come, like in the scripture, come away with me. He'll say, go, like go to all the world and preach. Or he may just say, just be, be made whole, be holy. Now, the thing of it is, is when a king marries, he marries a queen. And she reigns also. She's equal. So it's really interesting when Jesus said, I'm coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Because he had no spot. He had no wrinkle. He's coming for a bride that will see as he sees, hears as he hears, do as he as he would do or had did. Now, let me just read some scripture to you as far as the kingdom of God. Jesus said in John 18:36, my kingdom is not of this world. He also said in John 17, verses 6 through 9, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are for you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. Now, he's saying that, he's talking to the Father and saying, these are the, the, the people you have given me. And he knew there were going to be other people. And he's letting them know that they're, they're going to understand what I'm saying. And in time, they will understand this is a different kind of principle than the world the world they're living in. They were under a king, King Herod, but he's letting them know that this kingdom is different. This kingdom doesn't seem the way that the kingdoms they're living on, uh, under. He said also, um, 
Well, no, one of the um, one of the apostles um, said, "Friendship with the world is enmity to God." Meaning, not so much that we are to go into the world, we are to walk with those who do not know Christ, but we can't have the world be so much in us because then we're we we don't shine, we don't have the light, and literally because they really don't know, and that's why Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. What a lot of times people do who do not know what God has said about his kingdom, they do. They are in natural, and they're in rebellion, and they're coming against what God says. They don't know it, but that's for us to be the light and to shine, but to do so in love. But God was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, that's Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 7. We're seated in heavenly places. Even though we are walking on this earth, our authority is in Christ, and he's seated on the right hand of the Father. We are seated. That is why in heaven, if there's no sickness, then there's no sickness to be on earth. That is the will of God. So we have decreed and declared, no, sickness, you've got to go because you are in this world and we're seated in heavenly places. And when Jesus was on the earth, he he would speak and say, be made whole. He would sit there and cast out demons. So we have to do the same as heirs of salvation. For our citizenship is in heaven, Philippians 3.20 for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. See, this body is is dust, is earth. It will go back to the earth. Our spirit will go to either heaven or hell. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light, and no man can come to the Father except through me. It also says it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus gave himself sacrificially for us. He was the perfect lamb. He was the king that laid down his life. One of the things as far as like as when you're talking about a king, and I said that before, is you come to praise because praise is offering up our gifts. Praise is offering up our worship, which is he he wants. Worship. We're not to worship man. We're not to worship things. We're to worship our Lord. And when we worship him, when we say, Abba, Father, 
and we say, Daddy, here we are. Lord, I love you. We are saying, yes, we understand and we love your kingdom. We love you. We love what you say, even though at times it may be difficult because we are in this mortal body and this flesh does not want to hear what God says. But the spirit knows, and that's where the spirit man has to rule and reign in this hour because we have to take our rightful position. We have to bring his kingdom on earth. We are born into the kingdom for such a time as this. I want you to just listen to a song, and it's talking about one night with the king. The words speak volumes as far as the intimacy that the king wants with us so that we can be effective here on earth. One night with the king.
one night with the King changes everything. Father, we thank you for this program. We thank you for the listeners. Father, we know that even though some of the listeners live in the United States where we have a democracy and a republic, you're not a president that can be voted out of power because you're a king and you're born into power. The president doesn't own any country. You're a king. You own everything. A president can't make laws by himself. But as a king, your word is law. Father, we thank you. Our conviction is to be fully believed and not have doubt in your provisions as a king because we are your territory. We don't have private ownership. Everything belongs to you. It says that in your word that it's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end is destruction. So, Father, we thank you that we don't want our own way. We want your way. We want to live, which is freedom, truth, and power here on this earth. Father, help us to come to you in everything. I like to say my daddy is king and I am his daughter and being on earth is what my daddy wants and he keeps us here because he needs us here. So Father, we thank you for each and every person listening that you speak to them, Father. And let them know where they're to go, what they're to do, who they're to speak to, what to lay down, what to pick up. And Father, if those listening do not know you, let them say, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I have done a lot of things in my life, but now I realize that you are king. I know that you sent your son, Jesus, here on earth and that he was crucified. He died, but he took his body back. He took his life, and he was resurrected, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And I want to make him my Lord. I want to make him my Savior today. Thank you. If you said that prayer today, I pray. If you want to get in touch with me, I will um, definitely have follow-up and be able to send you to a... Um, Bible-believing church that has the freedom of the Spirit, and that's so important. Get with some fellow believers. Get with those who know God, not religion, which is man's attempt to control others, but have a relationship, a relationship with Jesus. We thank you. We look forward to hearing 
and eventually talking to you. Uh, my email address is hollywoodlion at gmail.com. That's hollywoodlion at gmail.com. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go. Come on.